God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? I am now. That's a good thing. (laughs) Whether I was five minutes ago, I don't know, but now I am. (laughs) Say yes to spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And this week, our theme is help. Help. Asking for help. Mm. Accepting help. Acknowledging Mm. help. Appreciating help. Wow. Help. And what does that have to do with saying yes to spirit? Uh, but last, for the last two weeks, we've been mm-hmm. talking about manifestation. So um, connect the dots. <laughs> you know, I when we did those two weeks, I kept thinking, we should just do this for a whole year. We should do 52 manifestation shows. That was really a a wonderful series for me. We've never done a series before of two. We can call that a series, can't we? Sure. If it's two or more, or gathered. Um, but connecting help to manifestation is kind of a an easy kind of connect in a way in terms of many times when I'm stuck and not manifesting or manifesting something completely opposite of what I'm wanting, the trick is to receive that help. And I've had some clear examples in my experience where people are all around giving and I'm just fighting off and, you know, ducking those arrows of love and gift and joy. You know, I'm making a conscious effort almost to reject the help or the love that's being offered me. So my manifestation stays stagnant or going in a direction that's not positive. So that, uh, that'll that be fun to talk about help and how that very, very uh, clearly connects to saying yes to spirit and moving forward in our, in my positive manifestation of what I want. Since you're always manifesting. Since I'm always manifesting. But, what you're clearly, express, uh-huh. most clearly expressing. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that connect the dots, is, I agree, it's a really easy one that often what we label as help, whether we're labeling that as help we want or help we don't want, is often the manifestation or it is providing the next piece of information or the next resource that mm-hmm. allows us to manifest. So, um if if you're a regular listener, you've heard me say this before, that often in prayer or in treatment, the phrase that I use more often than I've noticed over the over the last year or so, that I use more often than anything else is that even right now or beginning right now or I know for sure that the universe is reconfiguring mm, right. every atom cell, molecule, every idea, every thought, every person, and everything that needs 
to shift in order for whatever it is that I'm praying for will come true and will be physically manifest in my presence. And so it's really funny because it's like, yeah, that means that every, you know, every person who I, even somebody in a grocery store I mm. might be walking by, right. you know, they might be mm-hmm. the package in which the next thing I need is is presented to me. So, um, so yeah, uh, the help that we get, especially from other people, is uh, definitely a part of manifesting whatever it is that we really want. Love it, and you've just said so much about so much about help. I'm thinking now I have to talk about help, but we have to take a little break before we do that. Don't we? <laughs> Clean our palate from last week to this week. Uh, yeah, but we are we are obviously really ready to jump into that. So yeah, let's take a little break, and then we will be right back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And today we are talking about help, that four-letter word. <laughs> it is a four-letter word, isn't it? Help. Yeah. And what does that have to do with saying yes to spirit? And um, I don't know. Let's jump in. <laughs> well, you were talking about the idea of um, allowing others to help us mm-hmm. and being open to that. It occurred to me uh, about a while ago, I don't know, six months ago, I had a little experience with a woman who has um, some psychic abilities and she has some connections with the other side and she was talking to me and she said, you know, would you like me to ask the angels or, 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 you know, get some guidance for you? And I sort of like, oh, well, you know, whatever in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, right, whatever. And so she kind of went into a thoughtful stance and, said, you know, what can I help Leslie with or how can we work with Leslie or what do you have to offer Leslie? And the angels came back and told her that uh, Leslie wouldn't listen to them anyway, so there's really no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Is that classic for those of you who listen or perhaps know me? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. No, I'm not going to, no, you know, God itself. (laughs) Will come directly to me. (laughs) I am the man standing on the roof of the flood. Right. Yeah. Say, no, thank you. I think I know best. I got this figured out. I'm on my way. So I think that's really a profound example that help is everywhere. And we read a reading. I do some uh, 
group work in the Dallas County Jail, and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday we read the Hazleton Thought for the Day. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, on Friday, yesterday, our time, if you're listening live or if you're in recording, then um, the last reading we had was about angels on our path. And it specifically talked about what you had said in terms of it could be the person in the line next to you at the 7-Eleven, the, the homeless guy, the guy sitting next to you on the subway. And many times we have, I have an expectation of, you know, how it's going to come, this inspiration or this idea or the angels. And they really are everywhere, absolutely <laughs> everywhere in everyone. And as you said, you know, reconfiguring the DNA all around us in our experience for our good. And boy, I tell you, I spent a lot of time resisting or not allowing. And and I think, you know, especially when we're resisting or not allowing unconsciously. I mean, there are times Am when I healthier because I'm conscious? People, uh, not in this case, no. <laughs> But, uh, you know, there are times when people put something in front of us or tell us something and we just completely reject it. That's conscious. No, I don't want it. Even Mm. though we might not be consciously saying no to God, we just aren't making the connection. But when we are um, just not even noticing, like like, um, you have the devotion about the guy who, the homeless guy who, said, God bless you, and then you realize, wait, yeah, any God is all around me and God can bless mm-hmm. me through this person just as easily mm-hmm. as uh, God can bless me through the minister um, that everyone is a part of, the one mind, everyone mm-hmm. is a part of God and everybody has that ability to share the love, the experience, the qualities of God. And so it's in that sense, it seems like it should be easy for us. Yes, you think. To I ask think. for help and to receive mm. or accept that help when it is offered. Um, but it seems to be not such an easy thing for any of us as human beings mm-hmm. to do, or for most of us. Many of us along the path, yeah. yes. And is it the, the human being part, the ego part, as Eckhart Tolle would say? Is it... Um, is it that part that keeps us from receiving from well i think the that false self? i think that and i think that in general and in the united states coupled with this um cultural value in america of the importance of being independent mm. and you know being strong and powerful, and I mean, we have that, that I was going to say a myth, but that's probably not the right word. We have this cultural belief, you know, that everybody should be able to stand up for himself or herself and make his or her own way in the world. Mm -hmm. Our families are, in this generation, in very separated, even if you if you are like for example, you actually live in the same city with your mother and your sister, and mm-hmm. I mean you have some local family, but still in the culture, whereas two generations or three generations ago it was almost unheard of for you to move away from your kin. Oh, good point. And right. you had three generations living in most homes. Right. Nowadays, that is considered 
not just rare, but weird. Yes, and poor. I mean, well. <laughs> right, why would you live with your family unless you were poor? Right, or like you're, you're, you're a college student, the economy is so bad. Right, right, isn't that sad? Um, you know, or people who are really, really wealthy mm-hmm. and keep and have multiple generations in the same home, mm. then it's still perceived as, right. you know, what, you're not independent, you need to go, you know, oh, oh, okay, so your family's wealthy enough that you live on the same property, but you have your own building. That's different. A commune earlier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know we have this cultural thing that the the race conscious the human race consciousness the the you know belief that you're an American and we might even hear people say by God you should be independent and you know you should make your own calls and you should be able to support yourself and so. That's a lot. I mean, you know, that's what in our consciousness. And that is like, well, maybe if I ask for help, then I'm weak, mm-hmm. and I'm not able to support myself, I'm not able to do it myself, and we feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. And then if we have a, a, a religious and maybe even a spiritual grounding, then we go, why has God forsaken me? Yikes. Yeah. You know, well, or God will God will make it okay. God will fix it for me, mm. which I'm not going to get on my 911. 911 God. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like all of that stuff, I think, feeds in. I wonder if it's, that's sort of an example of, a, of an in, interesting ideal taken to an extreme in terms of the American entrepreneurial idea and, you know, I can do anything and be anything and be anyone and the positive, energizing, empowering idea of that then kind of spiraling out of control into this hyper-individualized state where I can't be a part of a whole and I can't connect with and others. I can't be a part of a whole unless I'm the best or I'm the one in <laughs> the charge. top of the whole. <laughs> so on the... Well, you know, I yeah, I guess if we looked at it from a sociological perspective, I mean, that kind of, you could see how it could get there, especially because we as a nation have so much success for so many years mm-hmm. and that interpretation was I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. But when you think about even to the founding of the nation and all of that. And those folks, I mean, they were very dependent on each other mm-hmm. and on the family. So the I was a collective I. It mm. was, you know, I can. And we are independent individuals, but there was so much interdependence. Mm-hmm in getting things done and in changing the world that, yeah, I think as success bred success, people started interpreting the I as an individual I and only I. And only I. And as I'm thinking about this month and and being November and Thanksgiving, that original celebration, I could be really wrong about this, but... What we learned in elementary school, what I learned in elementary school, the original celebration was something about 
an appreciation for the whole that that everyone was giving and doing their part in you know a connection between the American Indians and the pilgrims in terms of making uh, everybody acknowledging each other's contribution and saying thank you and receiving the help that each other had to give. Am I at all correct on the idea, the historical idea of Thanksgiving? I'm looking at you, Tracy, because you are the knower of all things. Well, I am no not pressure. the knower of all things. Um, but I I agree that that's how the history, the found, the beginning of Thanksgiving was has been taught in many schools in the nation. Oh, good heavens. Was I wrong? Is it wrong? Well, I... I do believe, and I do believe from other stuff that I read, that Thanksgiving was about celebrating the harvest and that everyone had contributed to, you know, now we have this harvest. We have this bounty of food to go into the winter with, and let's all be very grateful to God and to each other for doing this. The piece where I hesitate Mm -hmm. is the piece about, and we are all doing this with the Native Americans, with the American Indians, uh, because it was like the reality was the reality came later when we beheaded them and killed them and took over their land. Well, the reality <laughs> even then was oh, that, we're doing that then? Oh, we are bummer. here now and we're going to do this. Oh. So, but for the you know history is always <laughs> written afterwards, looking back. Yes, and that just wouldn't seem very right that we actually had already put the the Native Americans like in in their own little uh, areas mm. that they had to stay within and the roles they had to play. And so we weren't really celebrating. We weren't celebrating the help they were giving. Exactly. And That's why looking back now and saying, at which also many American history books in past generations uh, taught us that, you know, the slaves were happy because they were so well cared for and they didn't have to worry about you. Yeah. So for me, so let's not get distracted from health. <laughs> Maybe we should have a show on history. Yeah, that might be good for Leslie to have the real uh, on American history and 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 uh, what what another author, not Tracy, has labeled as the whitewashing of American history, mm. so that it would be palatable to our sense of ourselves as a nation, mm-hmm. um, but in theory, in theory, if we had the idea of uh, yes, was about celebrating everyone it. helping one another mm-hmm. in order to achieve a goal and sustain all of the people, um, because based on the harvest, then you would be able to survive the winter mm-hmm. when there were no plants and crops being um, harvested. And the sharing of that. I know recently in in my life, uh, financially, I have had some struggles, and my sister has actually literally helped me with some different financial things, and just watching my own, A, resistance to that, and then B, acknowledging that I had no choice but to accept it, and then C, seeing what a real spiritual exchange that was. Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And it it, it really does, um, it kind of equals the playing field instead of me being 
the poor, sad, in the dirt, downtrodden, in the mud, can't move, powerless person, receiving the you know the money from the powerful, successful, good one, you know, yeah, you taking it, that. shifting that to seeing it as an you know an energetic flow that she lovingly and willingly and has no problem giving, and my receiving in a strange way empowers her gift and her and it's um it's an energetic exchange that's really a win win and that that exemplifies i think that spiritual oneness that that it's all one and if one has more of one piece of something in the one you know there's no there's no downside to the exchange of that well there can be no giving if there's no receiving interesting idea yes it's one <laughs> So we have to have a receiver and a giver. And a giver. And, you know, what strikes me, too, is that often we forget. I love that you said there's, like, a spiritual energy exchange um, because now don't misinterpret this if you're listening (laughs) because I'm not suggesting that everything is quid pro quo or that everything you give has to have an equal receipt. I'm not really, mm-hmm. but uh, my guess is, using your example, mm-hmm. that in this particular instance, at this point in time, your sister had the ability right. of to be able to do something financially, mm-hmm. and for a, for years and years, you have had the ability mm-hmm. to give time and to be the chauffeur, you know, be the person to pick up and take and to have contributed mm-hmm. in a lot of physical ways mm-hmm. that you never thought about. No. And wouldn't it be interesting to ask your sister, mm-hmm. not, not, I'm not suggesting you do this, right. but in, in hypothetical, wouldn't it be interesting to ask your sister if she ever had difficulty accepting you saying, oh, wow. I'll come and take your son to this appointment, or I'll come and pick you up and take you to the grocery store. I'll come and I'll do right. this. Right. And not spoken, she never spoke it, but she was like, I feel really bad that I'm already, you know, that Leslie's always doing this stuff for me. And you're not thinking anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had the energy, physical right. and emotional energy to give in that way. Right. Not once. Right. But week after week after week. And then her energy, it's not a giving back. It's not a payment for all of that. But, wow, this is a way that I can be helpful. That's a curious thing, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so, um, yeah, there's, when, we, when, when, we put, when I put the title down or the theme down of help, what came to me immediately was the asking for help, which we a lot of us struggle with, the accepting help, which right. even more of a struggle with, <laughs> right. but appreciating the help, mm. acknowledging the help and appreciating the help. Um, and and what's the spiritual connection with that? So I like that. I love that you went to it's all just spiritual exchange. Spiritual exchange. At the end of the day, if I get right down to it, it's hard to get out of that ego or that human side of it mm-hmm. but it really is and and very I can't I'm trying to think if there's an example of some 
time that I helped or that I did something for someone that I wasn't easily able to do. It's not like I've ever gone out there and go, oh, my gosh, now I have to go give this now. You know, it's never like that. I mean, if I don't have it to give, I don't have it to give, so it doesn't come to me to give, so I don't offer it. So if I offer it, if it is there, I don't, I guess, you know, I hear stories of, you know, families that give money with, you know, chains or expectations, you know, that the child would do a certain thing. But I would say by and large the giving is usually just much more freer than the receiving. I mean, it seems a much more easier thing to give and to have that, and that the receiving is where the block usually comes. And that's just screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just scanning my uh, memory banks as well to see where that where that lands where that lands for me. And I think what happens for me is I don't even I don't think to ask for help. Mm. It. Like it's just not even in my radar screen. I don't. It's not like I think about it and then say, "Oh no, I couldn't ask her." Mm. Oh no, I, it would mean you know, it, it would mean I'm weak if I ask. I don't. I hardly ever have that conversation. Mm. It just doesn't even cross my mind that asking for help is an option. Wow. Even now. Well, now it does more, more. because of. Your spiritual of the spiritual training and uh, and I've had to you know I've had to do it and go oh I could have asked for help before I got to crisis <laughs> yeah. you know so but I would I I can easily say that probably at least the first forty five years of my life that's great um, I mean it just would not and even today now in general it just doesn't come to mind I'm more likely to think. How am I going to work this out, or what am I going to do, or what do I need to do? And when I think of the things I need to do, asking for help isn't usually on there, mm. um, you know, unless it's a, you know, it's a work project, you know, or it's oh, a, right. even if it's at the church and it's a, you know, a project, a volunteer project, mm-hmm. but then I don't think of that as me asking for help. You know, I'm involving people to get something done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what you're doing when you ask for help and it's personal. You're mm-hmm. asking for help so you can get something done. But it just doesn't cross my mind. So the asking isn't a problem until I realize I could have. Huh. Um, and if someone offers, I think a lot of us mirror what you said. It's like if someone offers help, you're your your first my first reaction often way too often is oh thanks but that's okay you know mm-hmm. no thanks um, and it's not so much a resistance on a conscious level mm-hmm. it is simply uh, I think it's linked to that I don't think for help and so I think to ask for it so it's like oh no I got this I got a I got a plan. <laughs> Let me show you my plan. I have a 17-step plan. Right. You know, I know what I'm going to do next, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I miss it, too. I miss it, too, that this could be the universe's way of, yes. if, if it's a 17-step plan, yes. this could be steps 
five, six, seven, eight, and nine collapse into one. Yes. But I have already in my mind step five, step six, step seven. And so, yeah, I think we we push away our good. Mm, golly, yes. Uh, or we slow down mm-hmm. the feet of yes. our good yes. because we are just so not comfortable or trained to accept the help. And somewhere down the line, you know, and as a therapist, I've made quite a bit of money off of people feeling like they didn't deserve good things and they, you know, can't uh, can't be that positive of a life, you know, experience. And so, you know, people spend a lot of money in therapy trying to get to a point where they feel worthy of having it. And so the idea of just, you know, laying down and letting it wash over me it just seems far too simple, but exactly as it should and can and is designed to be, um, as my uh, spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, will often say, the card deck is loaded in my favor, and that just feels like cheating. You know, I should have to work at it, that the other four-letter word of my life, I should you know, have to suffer. And um, Reverend uh, Petra, I'm taking a class at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, did an exercise a couple of weeks ago where we did some free thought writing and she would prompt us with the sentence, the things I love most about my life is, the things I love most about my body are, are is, are. are. Thank you very much. My mother's voice is in the back of my head saying it should be are. Uh, the things I love most about myself are. And... With each prompt, I noticed my initial reaction was to, I thought of the 17 things I need to fix before I can tell you the one thing that I love. And so very clearly I have this, you know, concept that I can't just love because, you know, you know, I've got 17 things to do and then I can love my house. Well, that's just silly. When I really got into the exercise, I was like, oh, no, but I do love that swing porch. Oh, and I do love that backyard deck and I do love that. You know, I don't have to you know, make sure every room's spick and span before I love that swing porch, you know, porch mm-hmm. swing. So it was really extraordinary for me to watch that process in terms of receiving and letting myself love without having to fix or have it all be in perfect order. And that they can both exist, but you can love what you love, and you can have a list of things to work on or things to change or things to grow. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that you said uh, a few minutes ago about accepting help and um, if you don't accept the help, you're disturbing the the energy, the energetic yes. of the person who's trying to give. The flow of the natural. And so, you know, there is an, an old um, saying I know it's an old saying in the black community, but it could be an old saying in the Christian community in general. I don't know um, about don't block your don't block the blessing. Oh, I like that. And you know, and so you don't block the blessing of receiving, but you also don't block the blessing of the person who's trying to give because uh-huh. to them, the giving 
is a way of them expressing what they have been blessed to share. Right. That they have, um, you know, been blessed to be able, whether it's money, whether it's advice, whether it's the offer of a job, whether it's, you know, whatever it is that they have to offer, they are being blessed to give it. Mm-hmm. And if you block that, they, they don't get the blessing. And so it's it's like if if there's so many layers mm-hmm. to this, you know that, and we, we've talked a fair amount about giving and being the one that pushes the blessings out. But today, just looking at and how am I accepting mm-hmm. the blessing that other people are trying to give me? And if in fact I saw all of that mm-hmm. every time someone tried to give me something. If I literally saw that as a gift from God itself, yes. would that change my reaction to it? Would it? Well, I mean, I think that's the question. I, I, I think the part of me says it's rhetorical. Of course it would change the way that you see things. The answer is yes. <laughs> but? Well, but I'm thinking. I'm wondering, would it really change Uh, yeah, and I guess I can't imagine that my answer would be anything other than yes. It would require me, though, to go from an intellectual understanding yes. that everything that someone offers me is a gift from the universe itself. I intellectually know that and have known that for a long time. Mm-hmm. But to, on a physical, emotional, energetic, and energetic level, to really know that, feel that, and feel it, and believe it, versus just spiritually knowing it. Right. And when I can kind of step aside and really get a sense of of experiencing what I believe, I take it to the even deeper level of that when I'm blocking something you're trying to give me, that what I'm ultimately doing is then blocking your ability to receive more of it. Yes. Because that mm-hmm. energy has got to continue to flow. Yes. And at any point that the energy is blocked, it's not only keeping it from me, but it's keeping more good from coming to you. And so in a backhanded kind of way, my saying no is is manifesting a blockage in in a, in a rippling kind of effect way beyond just me. Right. And I think in some ways, energetically, you know, when you take that idea that conceptually that's like, you know, clogged up the system within where we are in humanity right now in terms of people, A, not receiving because we don't believe we deserve it or we don't believe, you know, there's some catch to it or we don't trust it, and B, people feeling like I have to keep more so that I can't, what if I lose my job, what if I lose my home? And so, you know, there's just all these little blockage and, you know, the, the energy is so much all there, and the abundance that we live in is so available to us, and we're working, you know, triple time to avoid and block and stop up and clog the drain. We need some Drano. We need some spiritual <laughs> Drano. I was thinking as you were talking, I was picturing um, about a month ago, uh, a little over a month ago, the 
sinks in my kitchen mm. were backed up, were mm. stopped up, and and I live in a duplex, and so the kitchen sinks of both sides back up to one another. And when the mm. duplex was built, they weren't built with separate drains and releases, so they they drain together. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so if my side's backed up, the other side is backed up too. And um, and so we ultimately had to call a plumber out because of the way that the original build was done. Somebody had a great idea, they thought was a great idea, <laughs> that the release, or the whatever it's officially called that can't come to me right now, like the what would normally be a trap under the sink that then you could open up and clear out. Oh, I there's not a trap under the sink, and so the and the only way to get into the the deep uh, pipes mm-hmm. is you actually have to go up on the roof mm. and come down behind, you know, between the kitchen or behind the kitchen wall to push down through the pipes or to clean out the pipes that, of course, go down, water flows down. Yikes, okay. So, of course, if you have a plumber and you have to put them up on the roof, it costs more, but that's not the point of the story. (laughs) So the point of the story is you were saying about things getting backed up and Mm -hmm. the pipes. Okay, so ultimately if things get so clogged up, you know, it's like you have to have a snake you know, the, ah, to yes. go down through the pipe uh-huh, and uh-huh. to push everything uh-huh. through till it gets to, to clear. Mm-hmm. So if all of us, so that the image in my head was of, you know, and wow, if it's not, if you don't have an easy drainage, mm-hmm. an easy way to clear out the blockage, mm-hmm. then that takes some extenuating circumstance and it takes some very special designated tools mm-hmm. in order to create enough pressure, mm. enough mm. swirling movement, enough, you know, to actually push whatever mm-hmm. the blockage is mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. the system and through the pipes and out through the sewer and out into whatever system has been set up to um, support the constant flow. And and that's really true. So, you know, is recession like the snake? Is the recession mm-hmm. like the tool? Mm-hmm. If, if it puts enough pressure, yes. you know, that ultimately people do start releasing, even though it may not be by choice, you know, they, have, they stop clinging and holding on mm-hmm. to whatever they're afraid to lose, and it all gets washed down the drain then it opens up for that free flow of love and giving and acceptance and collaboration and partnership and, you know, people working together because they can no longer do it individually. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that we didn't have to have that. <laughs> and we could just order, learn from our good. Right, in order for us to have the good that we deserve and that is our birthright. And it's a, it's that is that is a... Um, that is a very profound curiosity because until I'm thinking, I have a hunch until we, you know, as a humanity can accept our individual good and allow that help to come from God, the stranger on the street, you, my neighbor, 
you know, the, the, that our piece of that blockage um, is all we can actually control. And once we all start understanding that and, you know, opening our own flow, but I like the idea, and I do think the metaphor is true, that there will be pressure, the idea of pressure, something from above coming down to mm-hmm. get us flowing again. Or something from this, I, 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 I am... Um, Really cautious about using Above. that picture. Right, the picture of the plumber on the top of my roof. God coming down and from the clouds. Above and whoosh, now everything flows. You know, I'm really cautious about yes, that because yes. that's the danger of that example. So, um, okay. So quotation quote. It is the divine will that we should receive. But since we are individuals, even the divine will cannot compel us to receive that which we refuse to accept. Free will. We have free will. We have free will. Who's that quote from? Ernest Holmes. Ernest Holmes, of course. Um, And the reason that, you know, this helps, and we're not talking about giving help today. We we can talk about that in another way, but today we're really talking about asking for and receiving help. And when we say yes to spirit, what what's going on with that? Accepting, acknowledging, and asking for help is all about being willing to receive. Right. And you you referred to it earlier when you said the deserve talked about the deserve level that. So many of us, as human beings, don't believe we deserve it based on what we, you know, have seen in society or what we messages we got from our parents, whatever. So many of us have challenges around receiving mm-hmm. based on deserve. Do I deserve it? I don't think I deserve it. I'm not sure I deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But this just, you know, that whole thing of accepting help often is about I refuse to accept help, whether I'm being stubborn about it or whether I'm just, it's so subtle, but I just refuse to let it in. Receiving, I already know, is going to be my theme for 2012. 2012. Yeah, I mean, I may have some more pretty words around it than receiving. I may not, but I already know after going through the Prosperity Plus class that that's my theme for twenty something related to receiving ah. is uh, going to be my theme. But it, so maybe that's also every topic we talk about between now and 2012 or through the end of 2012. I may be coming up with some connection. <laughs> You're do a series of uh, receiving. Yeah. Well, no matter what the topic ah. is, I may be saying yes, and you know how that relates to receiving. Love it, love it. Because uh, that's really up for me um, right right now. It is really a profound thought to think and to believe that everything is designed for my good, that God within me is expressing and that God around me is giving and for me to have my little tiny ego or my little tiny false self or my little tiny whatever we want to call it, human humanity, to 
I just see it like this little thing stepping into this big flow of divine. Yeah. And because divine is divine, this little itty bitty thing says, No, thank you. Then all of divine stops. Says, Okay. And I, you know, this little itty bitty thing. And I, in my mind, I see, you know, this big thing. I see the ego, the false self, is this big thing. And, you know, the little divine <laughs> So it's really profound to think that I allow my, my, small self to really have so much power over this amazing interactive energy that's going and wanting and desiring to do only good. Only good. Always good. Huh. Huh. So, what spiritual practices might I use, Leslie, if I wanted to strengthen my awareness about asking for and accepting help. What would you recommend? You know, I'm thinking there's one oh, keeper of all wisdom. Is it visualization or uh, treatment or meditation that's the receiving? Let me think. Let me think. I should know the answer. I should know the answer. No, never mind. <laughs> the pressure's just too great. Treatment, receiving. Receiving. I'm receiving and the receptor. is directive. I'm directing. Directing the universe to what it is you want to see in the world. Meditation is receptive because you're simply listening to the impress or the idea or the message that you may receive in meditation. Visioning is receptive for the same reason. You don't go in with a preconceived, this is what I want. Mm. Visualization is directive. Because you are directing by, when you make that Uh vision board, Uh when you make that treasure map, Uh you are directing into the universe, this is what I want, this is what I want. You're you're claiming it. Right. Um, So... So, um, I could keep going, but... Excellent. See? See? If you would only, you know, you are the keeper of all knowledge. Um, Uh, No. So, the spiritual practice of receiving would be receiving the treatment, I suppose, right? I know I have, um, I'm a part of a Sangha circle, which is a group of individuals that meet monthly and we pray for each other every day. Throughout the affirmative prayer treatment, what we call treatment in science of mind, affirmative prayer in in receiving their treatments for me, I've seen demonstrations beyond my um, my limited treatment ability. Many times, their you know uh, PhD level treatments that they're, that they're doing creates kind of a Tracy's rolling her eyes. If we only were on TV, it would be so much more fun. But I do think that Yes, I'm rolling my eyes because you just love doing this. Oh, I I don't know what I'm doing. Everybody else knows knows better. And you're just like... (laughs) Okay, so continue with your point. But these three women, they do have very strong spiritual programs. And I can see... (laughs) I have felt... My 
strong spiritual program is one, and theirs is three. You combine it all, and it's four. But the idea of receiving the treatment given, you know, like when we put a prayer request into practitioners, Tracy Brown is a practitioner, receiving that. The practitioner can pray, the Sangha members can pray, but I have to be open to receiving it. That's not really a spiritual practice, but I suppose I could make that a spiritual practice to really consciously be in a receptive mode. Yes, it is a spiritual practice, and I cannot let that go without a response. I'm sorry. Which part? The part of, uh, <laughs> so it is, I, I don't deny that you can have an experience of other people's treatments being a three compared to your one, but that's because they're treating for you and they're treating for something that you can't hold the truth. That's why you need somebody else to treat for you. Uh-huh. And I know without any doubt that every other woman in that sangha would say that when they have treatment from you, uh-huh. that it had the same effect. Because we can always hold someone else's truth right. with clarity and without doubt. Because, you know, we're not inside them, whereas our own stuff, mm-hmm. we know all the yeah, buts, you know. Yeah, but this, or like you were saying, I could love my house after I'd go through the list of the 17 things that need to be done first. Right. So, but when you are treating for someone else, uh-huh. yes, then your treatments, on that scale of one to four. Am I a PhD four. level? Yes. Yes, yes I am. Yes, you're a PhD level. Yes. So I'm just not having that because I just, oh, I just can't even sit here. Yeah. I can't sit still. Yeah, that's why we should run TV. You get away with that. You know, but I'm thinking about the three to one, and I think I really think that in a way, but well, that's, group that's energy. probably not true either. If I really hone in my energy, I do have the entire force of divine at my will. And when at you're my, praying with the, right. the others, it's three to one. Mm-hmm. In their, when I'm the mm-hmm. one that the other three are praying for, right. it's three times as powerful, even though it's all one energy, but it's three three beings really focused on whatever it is that I'm saying I want prayer for. Yes. And so it's more and more energy and with clarity. With clarity, yeah, that's the Because my the energy is not so clear. Yes. Because that's one reason why I'm asking you to to pray for me. Yes. So that if I forget or if I get distracted mm-hmm. by whatever is right in front of me, you know, then I know that you all are not distracted by any of that. Mm-hmm. And that's why practitioner prayer is so good. Yes, there's a skill to it. Yes, there is a pattern to it. Yes. There are things that each one of us, like earlier I was saying, I gravitate toward this reminder that I'm really just reminding myself, you know, this isn't being done by me. Mm-hmm. No, this is being done by this all-powerful, infinite, universal spirit energy that has the ability to look at everything that's going on in the world with 7 billion people and and see very clearly that, oh, no problem. I need to move this person here, and I need to encourage this person to say that. And oh, next week, Leslie's going to be over at the grocery store, and she needs to drop that bag of cat food so that I'll make sure that so and so. I mean, you know, it's like oh, okay, I can do that. It's kind of fun. So, yeah, you know, no problem. Exactly right. I'm waiting. Oh, that would be yeah, that would be really cool. Let's see how I can do that, and let me see how I can do it in a way that Leslie will accept it. <laughs> That's a trick. Yeah. So, um, so and also, actually, I didn't know where you were going when you were asking about receptive and directive. Mm-hmm. I think we can use directive 
practices to help us help yes. to help us accept and ask for help. Yes. So if I an affirmation is a directive process. Affirmation, very good spiritual practice. And so I can create an affirmation that is as simple as I trust the universe to provide the help I need or as simple as I love it when I get helpful advice and support from my friends. Right, affirm that, I love, that it's I an easy love, thing. Right, or it's easy for me to accept help and compliments. I mean, you we could have a, an affirmation that's very directive. If we knew we had a pattern in a certain aspect of asking for or accepting help, and we could use a, a very directive affirmation that would shift our own belief system over time, and we would then see that when our beliefs change, our behavior follows. Right. So then we would find ourselves accepting more. I love that. And we could use a receptive practice like meditation to say, um, you know, I could I could say that, you know, for the next seven days I'm going to go into a meditation. I'm going to do 15 minutes of meditation asking for what I can do to get guidance or just asking for guidance Mm -hmm. around accepting help and, again, not go in with a specific um, idea in mind about what that's going to look like. Right. But if I meditate every day for a month or every day for a week, saying that I, you know, I am open to guidance. As I meditate, I am open to guidance about you know, blah, blah, blah. blah How blah, can I, mean. I better receive? Mm-hmm. And it is an issue. The 12 steps will talk about becoming willing to be, pray for willingness to be willing. Yes, I love that. And so that's kind of a, a same, similar idea. And I have done a little thing this week, actually, with a little, I won't really even call it a prayer partner, but a spiritual partner, a friend, actually came, we came into an agreement on last Wednesday that for one week, we were going to daily check in with each other on uh, holding only positive thoughts. And so we came up with a mantra, mine's happy, joyous, and free. Then we would mm-hmm. say whenever we went down a negative mind trap, and then we would you know, change that thinking, change that thinking, and then we would report at the end of the day how we did. And that's been very helpful as a spiritual practice. Because A, I know I have to report, so I yes, want to report. You need accountability. <laughs> I love that. Eternal yes, accountability yes, is yes, good. Yes, yes, So that's a spiritual practice of sort, and it's a week-long experience. And um, it's really interesting to see how powerful stopping negative thinking is. And, you know, that negative thinking, I think, is the seed that then sets up the barrier to receiving because if I'm on, if I'm in a situation where I'm only feeling happy, joyous, and free, and you want to give me something, I'm like, thank you. You know, I would never, it would never occur to me to say, oh no, 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 not really, I don't need that, thank you. So it's really extraordinary, I think, to to accept that good. It would only not accepting that good would come from a seed that I had planted where I was having some sort of negative thought about me or my circumstance, or simply being in neutral. Hmm. And not uh, and if you're if you're neutral, is wrapped up in what we were talking about earlier. Just kind of the cultural belief that I don't need anybody. Mm. I am 
you know, I'm not even negative. I'm not having any trouble, but you know, I just I don't I don't need what you have to offer because I I'm taking care I'm responsible for myself. So I could be in neutral and not even in negative state and simply not even see it as turning it away. Interesting. Kind of be an unconscious yeah. And letting the conscious yeah, fifty one percent run me. Unconscious is a great, a great, great word to use in this case. Any other final spiritual practices? Um, receiving the good. I think making a conscious choice. Speaking of conscious or unconscious. Yeah. You know, setting my intention for the day to be on the lookout for things that I can receive and people that are giving. And whether it be a kind word, is somebody trying to just give me a kind word, is somebody trying to say God bless you when I give them a dollar bill on the street, you know, that's they're giving to me. And to just be on the lookout for where where things are coming in for me. Somebody <laughs> stops at the red light and lets me go before they go, you know, they're giving. Yeah, it is. And I yeah, it's funny, the last couple of weeks I have been doing a practice that we we both do at different times throughout the year. And it just, a couple of weeks ago, it was like, okay, Tracy, when people give you a compliment, mm. just say thank you. Awesome. Don't tell the story. Awesome. <laughs> don't like, go into yes. the, I mean, yes. and don't say, oh, this. Yes. And, and, you know, don't tell the story yes. about yes. how, oh, you really like this suit? Let me tell you the story about the suit, you know? <laughs> this was my great My third aunt that I didn't. Will. No, this, you know, yeah, yeah this mm-hmm. is a designer suit. It's got such a label and. You know, but I got it at Goodwill for seven dollars and ninety nine cents. Isn't that amazing? It's like they don't care about the story about what a great deal it is. They're just telling you the suit looks good on you. Say thank you. Right. Except the good. You know, they like the jacket that you have on. Just say thank you, unless they ask you where did you get it <laughs> or who gave it to you. Other mm-hmm. than don't tell the story. Don't tell them that you. You know, it's uh-huh. like. And we've talked about that a lot when we did the show on gratitude and and um, we on several shows. Um, but for whatever reason, a couple of weeks ago, nothing big happened. Mm-hmm. But I just said I'm going to do this for two or three weeks. I need to reground mm-hmm. yes. in that place of yeah. Saying thank you. Um, okay, so help, help. Um, and saying yes to spirit, wherever spirit yes is, comes spirit. shows up. So that's what we could do for a week. We could kind of focus on that in terms of just looking for the good and accept it. I think I've heard Reverend Marsha talk about that. Yeah, look for the good. Look for the good. Reverend Marsha's favorite line, just look for the good. Yes. So um, we'll look for how help shows up, just not as an official homework assignment, but just be paying attention to that, especially in ways that are... Uh, not so obvious. Yes, like someone, that's cool. Yeah, if you're in a crisis and mm-hmm. someone comes to help you, mm-hmm. that, you know, yes, don't ignore that. But the little subtle ways that yes. help shows up would be something to really... So I think that's it for this week. Um, and we're so glad you joined us. And in the next few days until we talk again... Yes, Yes, to spirit. spirit.
Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.